I'm Katie Atwell, co-host of the Edugals podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Coming up on episode 123 of Podcast PD, AJ and I are back after a summer away, and we're talking about the new normal in education. Let's start the show. This is Podcast PD, the show that provides you with anytime, anywhere professional development. Our conversations and guests will provide you with the learning you might get in a faculty meeting or on a PD day. Except you're going to have more fun with AJ Bianco and me, Chris Nessie. Let's start the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, happy Sunday night if you're doing it live with Podcast PD on this awesome Sunday night. We're back, cuz. <laughs> We're back. We're back. My name is Chris Nessie, at Mr. Nessie on Twitter, and you are tuned in to episode 123 of Podcast PD, and I am joined, as always, by the podcast paisano himself, AJ Bianco. What is up, my friend? What's going on, Christopher? What's going on out there, Podcast PD listeners? Good to be back. Good to be back. Now, if you're listening to this far into the future, you don't know that there was a, a few months in between 122 and 123. You're just happy that, hey, here's another episode. So very, very exciting. But uh, it's been it has been a few months. We haven't recorded an episode since last school year, and now we're a month into the 22-23 school year. And let's be honest, AJ, yep. the world is a busy place. It sure is busy. <laughs> the world has changed since we last spoke educationally. You know, I mean, we've been podcasting, you know, Yankee baseball through through the summer, but, you know, life is different than it was way back in June. It's almost like it's 2019. Is it? It feels that way a little bit. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. We might have to unpack that. Sure. Here for uh, but we are here. We are live. We record this on Sunday nights. And uh, our one of our executive producers is joining us in the chat, Stephanie Scrocky. Always great to see Stephanie hanging out in the chat. Hopefully, Stephanie sends out a tweet or 10 and spreads the word <laughs> to people. Let it be known. And uh, I'm putting AJ to sleep. So, AJ, what's on your mind, man? No, nothing. I'm just... It's <laughs> Sunday night, man. It's been a long... It's been a long week, and it's been a... Uh, a long Sunday. Every Sunday is a long Sunday for me. Most days feel long for me, let me tell you, because you know I keep busy. I know you do. I know. And <laughs> you're living your, your podcast world, and I've kind of neglected it for a while just because I'm trying to catch up on, on life around me. And you feel like no, and that's, is, a, that's important. Is, it is. It, it, you know, we talk about that all the time, but look, it gets busy. Everything gets busy. So what, what's been going on with you that you can share since June, you know, you had summer, it's, we're back to school. So what's going on in AJ's world? I don't know if I had, I don't remember that. I remember being in school and going there every day. Uh, the weather changed. It was hot. I left the building. It was still hot. And then I coached baseball. It was and then all of a sudden. And all of a sudden it's like, Hey, your students are back in the building. Um, but no, I, it, it was, it was a long summer with a summer Institute in our building. We had PD courses going on in our building. It just, it just felt like, a revolving door. Every day was just something going on. Nothing bad. You know, just just busy. So taking a breath was like non-existent. Now I know what might be on the mind of our listeners. So I'll ask since they are not here to ask you. Did you put in all the intense hours in learning about how to develop a schedule that you yeah. had talked about? Like, did you do all that schedule work and 
you know, where, where are you at with that? <laughs> we didn't, we didn't change the schedule for this year. No, I think okay. that's what we want to do going forward. We kept it simple. We kept it basic to what we've been doing. Um, we made it work, you know, again, because the summer was so jam packed with the summer Institute and summer learning for students, you know, we didn't have a lot of time to sit down and hash out exactly what we wanted to do and make the change going forward. But you know, it's there and we know how we want to make a change. We just got to figure out how to do it as we move forward, but we'll get there. So I did not spend the summer doing that. This gotcha. My schedule changed a bit for school. Um, so? I, I don't know if I had mentioned it before the school year ended, but in my district, our teacher contract expired at the end of last school year. So we left with the contract expiring and over the summer, new contract ne- negotiations continue to happen. And, you know, in August it was announced, okay, you know, we, we've settled on a contract, you know, we're going to have that ratification meeting, the whole thing. And one of the results of that, besides, you know, an increase in pay was adding 20 minutes to the school day, K through 12. So what that translated to in my school was adding 10 minutes to the start of the day and 10 minutes to the end of the day to have this 20 minutes additional time. And previously, and I know I talked about it where in my school, kids started with their first block of first block class Mm because we're block schedule, Mm -hmm. you know, AB days. And there was always this 20 minute advisory period that was a part of the first block class. Mm -hmm. So you had your 80 minutes of instructional time. And then you had an additional 20 minutes with that first group of kids where, you know, you could counsel with them, you know, conduct, you know, student conferences with them and um, just kind of get to know those kids. Right. Right. So now the schedule has at the beginning of the day, this, this 40 minute homeroom. So they took the 20 minutes from the end of the first class and they put it with the time that they added at the beginning. So my school day starts with a 40 minute advisory period. So instructional time doesn't begin. The first class of the day doesn't begin until 830 in the morning. Students have to be in by 745 into their into our homerooms. Mm-hmm. They're with us for 40 minutes. And then we go into the day where they have, you know, I, I still teach three classes a day. Students take four, you know, the lunch yep. and my school day, rather than end at 226, my school day ends at 236. What are your thoughts so far on the first part of the day? Well, I'll be honest, I I think they did it because now if a kid shows up sometime in that first 40 minutes, they're right. not they're late not. for their first class. Right. Makes sense. I think that's the biggest plus. Right. right? And what do, you, what do you guys do in your advisory? Is it well well shaped or is it just like? They have, well, first I, they made a point of saying, you know, it's non-instructional. There's no grade attached to yeah, it. Right, of course. You know, and there's, we're not required to do any planning for it. So they give us. I guess the focus is they're giving us social emotional learning activities. Yeah. So they're providing content for us to use in that 40 minutes that we can use, or if we want to do our own things, we're welcome to do that. Um, I don't have it alone. Many mm-hmm. teachers have somebody, have a colleague to do it with. So I am paired with another teacher mm-hmm. and we have a, an 11th grade group of students. And they told us that the plan is, and again, we got to see how it folds unfolds in the next couple of years that we would loop with the groups we have. So me and this other woman, we should have these kids again next year when they're seniors. Mm-hmm. And then, then so in year three, we'd get a group of freshmen to then have each right. year, you know, doing that. Okay. I think one of the other benefits though, is because 
of having the advisor at the beginning, and, and this kind of factored into testing. You know, we're, we're both in New Jersey. We're both familiar with the uh, the Start Strong assessment, which who doesn't love that, right? <laughs> and uh, in my school, they were utilizing – so instead of losing instructional time for testing, mm-hmm. they leveraged this advisory time for testing and – at least at the high school level. I don't know what it's like for you because, you know, your middle school, mm-hmm. how they break it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week we had two days of testing where they did the testing to start the day and we used our delayed opening schedule. Right. Mm-hmm. So we didn't – kids – we didn't lose a class. Kids didn't – it wasn't like some janky schedule kind of cobbled together. Right. Um, but, but some negatives that I've experienced in the first couple of weeks are – you know, it, it's a high school, so they try to have a, a class meeting with like all the ninth graders, all the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth graders yeah. to start the year with their cool. VPs. The principal mm-hmm. kind of set the expectations for the year, mm-hmm. and they've done those at the end of the day. Whereas, like, I'm kind of like, and other colleagues of mine are like, "Why aren't we trying to do these meetings within these first forty minutes? Like, run this right. assembly. Let's not lose instructional time." Right. Of course. Um, we'd had our emergency drills later in the day. Why wouldn't we use this? 40 minutes of quote unquote non-instructional time. So again, I mean, those are things above so, my pay grade, right. but things, things that make out, me though. go, huh? I don't understand. Right. But things got ironed out because you can't just jump into it. You got to kind of see what works. And I'm sure throughout the year, you're going to have a lot of different schedule changes and I'm sure things are going to be, you know, moved around here and there because you got to see what works and you got to listen to, to what the students say and what the teachers say. So, you know, I would say for the first year, roll with it. You know, you're allowed to question it because, you know, you see things, but again, like just kind of see where it goes and, and, and don't, don't make your expectations too high because next year it might change all over. Yeah, no, 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 you're right. And uh, again, I think back to one of our more popular episodes from last year where we got the advice from our guest to not walk around complaining about stuff, but like, how can we not complain, but how can we like take action and, you know, really kind of move forward with things? So I've kind of still taken that to heart and I'm still trying to do that. So I have questions, yeah. but I'm not running around like bitching and moaning about stuff. Right. Of course. And that, and that was uh, one of our last episodes with uh, Jake Thompson from Compete Every Day. Yes. And, and if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go back and listen to that. Jake was uh, a plethora of knowledge and Jake, positivity. Jake fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think the fire alarm went off in that episode. Listen carefully. <laughs> um, any, any big changes for you going into this school year? I mean, I, your school is still... Five, six, seven, eight. Five, six, seven, eight. Uh, no, no, no changes. Honestly, everything is kind of we're, we're going through it. This is, to be honest, my first real, real year as assistant principal. Um, so, but on paper, it's year three. It's year three. <laughs> it's year three. But it's my first, my first like real year. Like you think about the, my my first year there was uh, fully hybrid, right? And yeah. building until uh, part of November. Then we're out. Then back in January. Then out. And then you know, mix and match from like. April to the end of the year, and then last year was a weird year, which I think last year was harder than the year before, just based on restrictions and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, this year, like everything is like back and bit back to business, business as usual, and uh, things are going pretty smoothly. Um, knock on wood, you know, kids are doing well, and I, I, I like the energy. There's a lot of positivity flowing around, and uh, you know, really, really just kind of we're, we're getting into a groove. You know, I can't believe one month of school is is done and we're moving forward um so now we're just trying to figure out how we can kind of build on this momentum I, I, i'm working on the pbis stuff and 
I can't wait to talk about that as we move forward, but I'm not ready for that just yet. You know, it's been two years of research and now finally the action is going to be uh, put in place. So big meeting with our PBIS team this week. So we're looking forward to what's going to happen here. No, I definitely look forward to, you know, hearing us swap these educational stories as we go through this school year, because education is certainly on a good day. It's dynamic, mm-hmm. right? If, if wherever you are, if it's static, uh, static education is not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it needs to be fluid. It needs to be evolving, right? Um, but actually kind of what you said kind of rolls into the title of this episode, meaning uh, has education reached its new normal? So you just talked about how, you know, this is year three, but you feel like it's your first real year being a vice principal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're a month in. Do you feel like your expectations are being met? Uh, how do you feel in the role in what is, I guess, this new normal for you? What do you mean by, first of all, let's, let's define what, what do you mean by new normal? Like what are you, cause I don't know, are you seeing something different in, in a classroom setting that you haven't seen or things changing and evolving around you that like are, are making it stand out in a different way for you? Well, I, I mean, you know, before COVID, you know, I was in the classroom. You were, were you in the classroom before COVID or had you moved into admin? The supervisor role. You were in that supervisor position. Okay. So I'm just, I, this title for me is like, all right, like, uh, like I'm in my school, you know, no masks for teachers. They're, you know, mm-hmm. they're, they're optional, you know, mm-hmm. we encourage them. So, you know, I'm seeing a lot of students' faces where I haven't seen their faces in, you know, years, right. three. Right. <laughs> um, but I still see students who are wearing, choosing to wear masks. Uh, yep, some true. of my colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, choose to do the mask thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, you know, for the first time in three years, like the water fountains are turned back on again. Okay. Um, so I'm just wondering, are are we back? And, you know, if we're back, is it better or are we sliding into old habits? I'm, I'm just curious, you know, yeah, what yeah, we yeah. think, or even, you know, what, what you, the listener thinks, you know, what, what does it look like for everybody? I got you. I think, I think we're back. I think we're back. And I think it's time to look at school as to what we can do for our kids. Right. I think we're seeing that, you know, the kids struggled a whole bunch over the last two years, two and a half years, you know, and I think, you know, we're back now putting, putting on a show for education and students the best we can. Uh, are things, totally changed for the better and improving? No, I think, I think it's very easy to say we have technology, um, but I don't know if everybody is using it the right way. Uh, I'm sure people are getting comfortable. You know, they got their classrooms set up the way they used to look. Restrictions aren't there here in New Jersey. You know, now we can have desks close together. We can have our groupings again and those things. So, you know, I think people are, I hate to say it, but I, I feel easy for people to kind of go back to their old lessons, look at the plans they had and say, okay, I can do this now. You know, this is a project that I, this is something that, you know, worked before. It's definitely going to work again. I miss doing this. It's my favorite thing. So it's very easy to fall back because, you know, it it kind of makes it like a safety net, you know, right. I enjoyed this. I know it's going to work. So I need a little bit of time to get back. You know, I'm not ready to try something new just yet. I, I don't think, I don't think we're where we're, where we need to be. But I think we're on the right path, if that makes sense. No, that that, that makes sense, and and a, a lot of that resonates with me because, like you just said, I mean, there are things that I know that I haven't been able to do the last couple of years in terms of you know trying to do the project based learning and getting my students to collaborate and create certain uh, environment for them to be able to do that. And you know, I know that there are things that I can now 
kind of go back to this year. But, you know, and I know we've talked about this before a little bit too, that, you know, there are things that I learned from teaching virtually remotely and hybrid that I can employ some strategies that will enhance the classroom experience for my kids. And and while I think that's there, I don't know if everybody is ready to jump into that. I, I, well, what are they waiting for? Let's go people. Come on. Yeah, I know. But I think people are still a little shell shocked. I think people are still a little tired. So I think they need to get more comfortable in the settings that they're in, you know, get back to where they were. Like when you think about how things left off in 19 and 2020, I guess that school year, right? Where it left off was kind of like that shock of like, okay, you're not going back to your classroom, at least here in New Jersey, right? You're not going back. And then all of a sudden it's, you can go back if you want to, you can work from home if you want to, you, you know, you don't need to come in, you may need to come in. So like everything was up in the air. So this is the first time that like people can actually say, I'm in my room. I don't need to zoom in other students. I don't have to worry about any outside noise. I can finally teach. So I think some people just want to teach, you know, they want to do what they love and they want to do it to what they were doing, however they were doing. You know, I I think it's going to be up to administrators. It's going to be up to instructional coaches. It's going to be up to technology coaches to really kind of push the people to to do more. Because again, as we just said, it's easy to fall back, you know, but I I think we really need to make sure that we don't fall back. I think we still have to continue to push forward and we still have to try new things. We still have to be creative. You know, because it's very easy right now to lose our students. I think it's easier now to lose our students than it was to you. They've had technology in front of them for so long. I know we don't want to force it in front of them, but we have to use it because it's really going to help them and their creative juices if we use it the right way. Because our students are bored with lectures. Oh, and they're, God, they're, yeah. they're going to revolt very quickly. I kind of ran into that, not, not with my kids being bored, but I mean, you know, uh, in my classes, we start with culture and world history. So me and my student teacher, Jackie, the student teacher, because uh, I got another one. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Jackie yeah, on here at some point as well. Jackie. <laughs> um, but, you know, we kind of tag teamed a little bit of lecture on, you know, the seven elements of culture for anybody who's teaching social studies out there. And, you know, then it was like, how quickly can we get through this? Mm. Because, you know, I posted the Google slideshow to our Google Classroom, you know, I had done it as a pair deck when we kind of presented it to them. So we had the little different activities to engage them throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the conversation mm-hmm. and uh, try to foster more of a dialogue than just here are the seven elements of culture. Where's Ben right. Stein? <laughs> right. 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 Um, and then it was like, all right, let's get into the project. Let's take what we just talked about and let's use it. And, you know, let's let's do some research. Let's how can we how does this fit into our lives? How what are examples from the past and your own existence? So it, it's right out the gate. How can we engage them? How can we get them doing, creating, thinking critically? You know, those mm-hmm. four C's, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can speak to that. Um, but let me ask you. So, again, you're in year three of being a vice principal yeah. and you're kind of in this role. Are there things that you're excited to do in what feels like what a normal school, normal school year will look like that now you can try to do as that administrator? And if so, what are those things? Yeah, I, I, I mean, for, for me, I'm definitely looking forward to, um, <clears throat> first and foremost, I think, uh, Teacher Academy. I think that's a big What's that? And so, thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> during our faculty meetings, um, we're going to have like breakout sessions where we're going to have different kind of presentations and different kind of sessions catered to, you know, our staff. So, 
for example, our first faculty meeting coming up, we're going to have <clears throat> the PBIS team meet. We're going to have the PLCs work together. We're going to have some technology stuff. We're going to have a group for PDPs and one for SGOs. So they can kind of work together and not just sit in a meeting and listen to what's going on in the school, but like that the extra time to collaborate or do the things that you need to do to catch up and, and move forward, right? It's not a time to work. And it's not, it's not a time to grade and do lesson plans. It's a time to, to work together with the people around you so that you are learning together. So it's that true academic, that true academic sense of the academy, like learning together as a group. Does that, to- does that time not exist in the regular school day for your teachers? They meet, they can meet in their teams. So they have common planning time as a team. Okay. But, but now they can cross team, you know, they can do different grade levels and they can meet. Um, again, I'm grabbing my PBIS team. So my 11 teachers are coming with me. Um, teachers who want to help with their SGOs, PDPs, if they're newer teachers and they want an explanation, they have that group, you know, our instructional coach is doing, um, a session. So she's going to work with a bunch of people. Our technology coach is going to work with, uh, others uh, as she's introducing a different technology tool that she learned about and is implementing in her classroom. So she can show that in action. So really, you know, you have the ability to, to move around and, and find something that intrigues you. So what I'd like to do with these academies going forward is as we're going into classrooms to observe and doing our walkthrough, if I see something, I'm going to ask those teachers present or work with or introduce what they're doing. So I'm really excited about that. That's something they used to do, but then obviously stopped because we couldn't really meet in person for faculty. So now that we're doing that, that's uh, it's exciting. And and personally, like I said at the beginning here, my, my PBIS goals, you know, we've been doing two years of research and development and to finally kind of put things in action in the coming months is really exciting. Nice. It sounds like good stuff. What about you? What are the big things that you want to, I, I know, like you totally missed out on your, your project-based learning in a way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to, I want to do more with content creation. So- some of the work I've put in behind the scenes is how to, again, I, I still don't care about history in terms of content. <laughs> you know, I, I still want to use history as a vehicle, but I want to, and, and I've, I think I'm doing the work to try and get the kids more interested in the skills-based learning where history is the vehicle. So for example, one thing I'm going to be trying here in the next week actually is, you know, with document-based questioning with dbqs in 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 my history classroom so i've been doing those and and i often say you miss it i I often will tell kids i will often tell students this is the most social studies thing we do in this class (laughs) right (laughs) but this year i i am not going to call them dbqs where i'm going to reframe it as history labs okay where i want them to be more inquisitive. And in the past using, uh, we subscribe to DBQ online. So mm-hmm. all of the DBQs that there are binders for, yeah. we, we have access right. to them electronically right. and they right. can work on them digitally, yep. the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So I think for document analysis, in order to get them to be inquisitive, I want to make the documents be stations where yes. get them up, get them moving, but kind of pose that big question that a DBQ presents but I want them to think of it more like a lab. Like we need to investigate. Here's this question, and these this is the evidence. You know whether it's you know four or five, six documents, whatever the case may be. Um, 
would have them collaborate through that process. Ultimately, you know, they'll, they'll write the essay or whatever that final product is. They'll do that individually, but I want to just kind of reframe how they go through that investigative process to come up with whatever conclusion they come to. Right. So instead of having them analyze documents and figure out which document answers the question, you're now trying to figure out how each document can successfully defend the question. Their, their thesis, you know, because ultimately what, what I want them to do is, here's the question, give a little background knowledge. What do you think the answer is? Mm. All right. Now, how can you use these documents to support what you think? Mm -hmm. And really almost take them through the scientific method. Right. I like it. And if you don't know what a DBQ is out there and you're curious, you know, this is not just a socialized thing. It definitely works. ELA world it probably could work for sure. But if you'd like to know a little bit more about DBQs, please reach out. I do love a good DBQ. <laughs> yes. I'm, not, I'm not even joking with you because like when you think about it. Oh, I saw your face light up. When I was in New York, right, as a student when I was living in New York, when I had to do DBQs for like the regents exam and all that kind of stuff, I could do it. So simple. When I started teaching it and I started really getting that groove of DBQs, the thing became such a breeze. I used to love <laughs> teaching it. Like I could turn like a seven document DBQ into like a three day lesson and like and like it was nothing. Like it was nothing. Definitely definitely miss doing the DBQ. <laughs> how at, at your peak, how yeah. long would your class spend on a DBQ typically? A week. A week. A week, a week to uh, are you talking about solo or are you talking about like me in, in the lead with asking questions and scaffolding and all that kind of stuff? Sure, go ahead. So if I <laughs> if I did it solo, right, if I made the kids like go start to finish, uh, I'd give them the week. Okay. If it was me like in control, like documents and we do the essay together and then a rough draft and then a peer edit in two, two, three weeks. Two to three weeks. Okay. Two yeah. Weeks, I, I, two, three I'm weeks, maybe, maybe into the three weeks, but definitely two weeks, two weeks full. So 10 days. I, I'm in that ballpark of a, a week, but somewhere between, you know, four and six days. Right. Of but I'm block schedule. So then everything takes longer that takes in real time. Longer, yeah. But I'm also dealing with middle school kids who like really need that guide and understand. And oh, sure. Analyzing exactly. But still, you know, doing a good job. Yeah. So, so, so that's one thing for me is to kind of reframe that piece of I my like class. Um, also, maybe as we go through some different topics, have them, again, going on the creative piece and having them think outside the box, have them do more writing or document creation where they kind of create faux primary sources, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's, you know, journal entries or, you know, podcasting, you know, creating content to, you know, demonstrate their understanding of, you know, if I was there kind of thing, okay. but a little more than just saying, you know, pretend you're uh, right. on the right. Oregon Trail and you don't die from dysentery kind of thing. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, and that, so, I mean, so, that, that's the in-the-classroom stuff. But go ahead. What are you going to say? Why don't you answer your own question? Is this the new normal? What are you, what are you thinking? Where are you at with all this? I, I, I kind of agree with what you say in that, you know, we still have some things to do. There's still work to be done. Um, I know for myself, I think I'm in a very different place than I was pre-pandemic. And I'm not clawing and scratching to do things the way I used to do them. I'm still doing some of those things, but right. I want to do a lot of those things differently and continue to add to it. Right. Like, like with the example I just gave, um, for everybody else, I'm kind of disappointed because I feel like more often than not, I'm seeing people trying to go backward. Mm. And I, I think the profession as a whole kind of missed the boat on a lot of things. And 
we're not so moving forward. Right. You know, the, the pandemic shined a lot of light and brought some blemishes to light in yeah. what education is. And I don't know that we have been quick to overall move forward. There, there's obviously small little pockets, you know, we, we can rattle off people that we're connected to who, you know, are continuing to evolve and move forward and kind of change. But, you know, yeah, but not, not everybody does the same thing. And, and I still think that, you know, but that was normal beforehand where right. you didn't have people evolving and, you know, right. growing and changing. And, and, and I'm going to go back to what I, what I said, and I hate to say this, and this is not a shot at anybody in particular. But I think those people out there who are evolving and putting their stuff on, on social media are not the people who are helping, but the people who are saying, look, at sorry, like, I, I think that's what it is right now, because I think too many people are still struggling, me in certain ways, still struggling with like the change and getting into normal and, 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 and doing new things that like people are not lifting them up. They're saying, this is what you could be doing. They're not showing them how they're showing them the what. Right. Yes. So they're, you they're, hit the nail. Hold on. Time out. Everybody. He just hit the nail on the head. We get a lot of what to do. Here's what you could have. Here's what you could use. But there's not a lot of how out there. Mm-hmm. Right. And we don't we don't want to start copying people because it doesn't work for our kids. You know, it's just not going to work. Middle school stuff and high school stuff are not, are not going to coexist. Right. 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 But that, that's that's not what I'm about. But like, um, I don't know. I, I still think people can change, but we, we got to take it slow. Like the expectations are there that we need to change, but now we have to really work together to show how we can change and why. I'm <laughs> was trying to say before, I still think we're fighting an uphill battle in education. It's not the pandemic made it so people show people that this is not a career for it. Right? Yeah. We're still challenged with companies that are allowing remote work. The salaries don't match. Um, the four day week is increasing with some companies. You know. We're forcing people to come into work, work five days a week, grade papers, create lessons, work at home after working a full day. You know, while we understand we're trying to help people and give them time, the time is not there. We know it's not there because we live it. So we can say no matter how much, uh, you know, administrators are trying to help out their staff and how much superintendents are trying to help out everyone, you can't always cut things back because there's still expectations because the state is still telling you you need to do three different assessments throughout the year. You know, you still need to meet these requirements. You need SGOs. You need PDPs. You need PGP. Like, there are still things that are put in place that are challenging us and not allowing us to do what we need to do to be successful. You know, can we allow people to work from home? No, we don't offer that. Sorry. So company X that's now allowing kids out of college, you know, fifty to $60,000, schools don't offer that either. So that's two strikes on them. Right? Oh, you want a four-day work week? No, we can't offer that either. But we can give you a couple of vacation every now. You know, so there's three strikes. So we're clearly seeing, you know, with the teacher shortage, not just people not wanting to be in the classroom. It's people who don't want to be in education anymore. And you're seeing now also superintendents who are stepping down and who wants those jobs? Nobody. (laughs) Right? That's why they keep going to the intern superintendent. Yeah, I'll be honest. I would. I mean, we're it's October second, so we're a month into the school year. And there have been moments where I have thought, what else could I do? Oh, mm. right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm not mm. Superman, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just, there have just been days and moments where I'm like, I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. working with freshmen. And it's like, what else could I do? You know, I, I had seen a meme recently and other people might feel the same way where it talked about a bottle of water. 
and how, you know, you can go to the, the corner store, you can get a bottle of water for a dollar. Mm. You can go to uh, the amusement park. The amusement park, and you'll pay $5 for a bottle of water. You go on a plane and pay $10 for a bottle of water. It's all the same water, but it's where is the water that will determine the price yeah. or the value of the water. Value. And value for people out there who feel stuck, maybe you're not in the right place. Right. Look, it's hard. So, like, this is year 18 for me. I I don't know. Like, we, I don't know where I'm, where am I going next? I'm not going anywhere. I got, according to my retirement stuff that they always send out, I got 22 years left. 22 years. 22 years. Yeah. You know, we talked about this. I didn't I don't buy have the soundboard years. hooked up, but oh I, my didn't, God. I didn't use my, I didn't buy back my years from New York. So I got 22 years until I am fully vested into the retirement pension plan and all that nonsense. Wait, I, so, don't, I don't want to go on the no, tangent of retirement, but what? how long have you been working in New Jersey? Uh, what year is this? 2022. Yeah. So, oh, no, 12. No, 13. Okay. You're vested. It's just a matter of when do you get to 25 years. I said fully. No, no. You're, you're vested, like, but you want to work to get the year so you maximize the withdrawals. Right. Exactly. Like, you got to get everything. We'll probably get to that topic more on Podcast PD episode 300. 300? We're close to retirement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got a long way to go, AJ. Oh, goodness. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> For people I'm who not going anywhere. It. Nobody's going anywhere, so we're, we're, we're stuck here. But yes, there are the oh, things that- we want to we want to look for, and all those articles said educators are being scooped up in other states because for us, you know, education we got it pretty good in New Jersey. We got a union that supports us. We got a pension. We got things. We got pays. You know, a lot of those companies out there can't offer what the schools offer. I, that's that's the thing. Like, are there ed tech companies who I could go work for and do amazing things? Sure. Right. Are they going to give you full benefits? Are they going to give me full benefits? Or are they going to match your salary? Are they nope. going to match my salary? Nope. <laughs> Last time I checked, pencil stickers and T-shirts are not worth a lot of money. <laughs> but, but to so the people that are making those through. moves, hold, but but to the people who have made those moves and will make those moves, good for you, right? <laughs> nothing wrong with it. We we know people out there who've done it. Just not yeah. not my lifestyle. No, I can't I can't sit behind a desk and sell product. Right, and and I don't know, and that would be the job I would get. I, it would not be like oh. All of a sudden, Chris Nessie works for XYZ EdTech Company, and I'm the one the jet-setting all over yeah, the world. Exactly. Right. That, that wouldn't be the one I get. I'm sure your wife and kids would love you not being there. Well, probably yes. wouldn't love you. But, well. <laughs> different story, right? Different story. <laughs> um, well, this is Podcast PD. And real quick, want to take a moment here before we get to what we've been listening to and what you might be interested in listening to. Want to take a moment to thank our executive producers without whom podcast PD would not be possible. So I want to give some shout outs to Holly Landez, Sandy Hartman, and of course, Stephanie Scrocky. If you're interested in giving back to podcast PD, go to podcastpd.com slash executive producer, and you can choose how you'd like to give back. You have a couple of options. You can give back on a monthly basis or a yearly basis and whichever one you choose we will send some cool stuff your way because aj and i like to podcast we like to have these conversations and uh if you're getting value and you want to give something back this is how you do it podcastpd.com slash executive producer also i don't have it on the screen because i'm ill-prepared shocker and uh want to give a nice shout out 
to StreamYard because they hooked us up with another bit of support uh, of using uh, more features on their service. So if you too want to create live streams like this in your school or your personal life, where you can stream simultaneously to places like Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn, um, StreamYard is how we do it. And you can do it too. Go to podcastpd.com slash StreamYard and you can get started today and make sure you use our link so that way they know that we sent you. And maybe next time we'll talk about how you can get great tickets to sporting events. That's a different podcast. <laughs> different podcast. <laughs> uh, AJ. Yo. Podcast PD was founded on the idea of listening of to podcasts. podcasts for learning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we want to stay true to our roots. And uh, let's talk about what we've been listening to. I got a great share because I, I, I know you might not be prepared, but I came ready to rock tonight. So one podcast that I have been enjoying that has brought back a lot of nostalgia, a lot of memories, and uh, I don't know, somehow relates to education, if you really think about it. <laughs> and I've been listening to a Boy Meets World rewatch podcast. <laughs> and this is a great show, AJ. This is called Pod Meets World. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. I have it up here on the screen. Words are hard. I have it up on the screen. It is from iHeartMedia, and it is hosted by Eric Matthews, Topanga Lawrence, and Sean Hunter. Those are their character names. Right. That's not who they are. <laughs> so it's uh, Ryder Strong, uh, Danielle Fischel, who, AJ, let's be honest, did you have a crush on Topanga? Uh, you want to be honest? I want you to be honest. No. What? Sorry. And uh, Will Friedle. <laughs> so they're hosting this rewatch podcast of Boy Meets World. And uh, they, they've had former co-stars on. There's a great episode with, uh, oh, what's his name? I want to say Mr. Feeney, but Mr. he has a real name. He does. Uh, Kit from Knight Rider. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um, what's his sorry. name? I... He's Kit from Knight Rider. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes because <laughs> William Daniels. It, William, William Daniels. When I think about it, he's still Kit. Like he was Mr. Feeney. Yes. He's Kit. Um, so he, he was on an episode, which fun mm -hmm. fact, in those later seasons when they're off at college and there's that dean, the female dean, that's they're, they're actually married. In real life. That, that's his wife. Yes. That's awesome. So they, they were both on the show together. Um, but yeah, go, go search for Pod Meets World. If you were a fan of Boy Meets World. Back in uh, the mid to late nineties, um, definitely give that a listen. It's, was that, a T uh, that was a TGIF show, right? That oh, that was definitely TGIF. Sure was, right? Yeah, all right. Fun fact: um, uh, I'll throw some spoilers out there. Remember the character of Minkus, the little nerd in the I first do. season? Yes. Well, he was only in the first season, and then he was back in like the episode they graduated from high school. And the reason he was taken off the show was because ABC said we've already got a show on the air with a nerd huh. on it. That's funny. So they did not want to have Minkus and Urkel competing with each other. Yeah. So, but yeah, go check out uh, Pod Meets World. And certainly I will have more educationally appropriate podcasts, but let's be honest. Sometimes you just got to escape self, and you, uh, not think about education. Self-care. Self-care. All right, AJ, do you have uh, a recommendation or something you've been listening to and enjoying? Um, no. Uh, here, here's the deal. So um, I've been listening to a couple of things. So maybe maybe I shouldn't say no. So let me, let me rewind it. 
I haven't been listening to a lot of education podcasts because I haven't had the time to like sit and be, you know, engulfed in podcasts. But is that the right word I want to use? Engulfed? I guess so. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna go I'll, I'll give you a couple that are like first of all, shout out to Jake Thompson. I know he's not listening to this, but you can listen to his podcast, the Compete Everyday Podcast. He does three episodes a week, um, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and he focuses on different uh, content specialty areas. So like Mondays is leadership, Wednesdays is like self-help, and Fridays is like like that, right? Did, did we want to do the announcement that we're going to go to the three-day-a-week format for everybody? We are not. No, we're not. <laughs> we are not. I'm having a hard enough time doing once a month or every other, every other week. Um, I'll give you another one because this now is like that mental – aspect of it and mental performance and like um, getting into your groove. I've been listening to the increase your impact podcast with Justin Sua. It's a podcast for leaders. So that's the title. Uh, so it's increase your impact with Justin Sua. Uh, these podcasts are like two to five minutes daily. Does a great job. All right. I love it. And I think you'll, uh, I think you'll love it. And the last podcast, I just want to make sure I get the name of it right. So I apologize for this. Just give me a second. As I pull this up, um, it's called the peak perform so mental performance daily, mental performance daily. It's with Brian Kane. So it's mental performance daily with Brian Kane. Again, you know, some of the podcasts are long, but a lot of these are like five, eight minutes. Um, I listen to it on the drive in, listen to it on the drive back. If I don't listen to Yankee stuff and then, you know, on with my day. So all three of those podcasts, again, maybe take up a half hour of my day. So those are easy, easy lessons for me. But I'll get back to the education stuff, you know, once I kind of get into that groove. I have not been in a group for education. For this sure. Is the most I've talked education. <laughs> Don't I know it? <laughs> you do. <laughs> me too. Um, well, my recommendation and AJ's recommendations will be in our show notes at podcastpd.com slash one, two, three, or you can tap or swipe in the app you're listening to right now. And uh, those links will be there. Uh, a couple of things before we wrap up the show. Uh, did you have something? Did I, did I have something? Uh, your, your lips kind of squished up like you were going to say something. Well, you said one, two, three. So I automatically thought space balls. And said one, two, three, four, five. Uh, that's it. Space balls. Sorry. <laughs> nice. That's how my mind works. Not everybody knows. There you my go. Mind Coming works up on, on episode 124, references. we're going to talk about the Schwartz. <laughs> the Schwartz and in, in Schwartz EDU. <laughs> that's going to be our niche and someone's going to take it now. You know this, right? Damn it. <laughs> Um, and we'll have the Schwartz, Schwartz, we're going to have, uh, Spaceballs EDU, the, the lunchbox. The lunchbox. <laughs> um, real quick, a couple of things before we say goodbye for this episode. Uh, number one, we would love to have a textual relationship with you. So you can text and join our texting community, text at podcast PD to 81010. And that is powered, of course, by the only text message company in education, Remind, I guess. I guess. <laughs> There's others. Uh, but we're using Remind for this. So text at Podcast PD to 81010. If you are watching this on YouTube and you are not subscribed, go to podcastpd.com slash go. And that will give you the options on your device of where you'd like to listen to this podcast. And next up, this is new. AJ hasn't seen this yet. Number three. Call to action. Very important. We're planting a little seed and I'd like to water it. I want you to join our brand new podcast PD discord. I've tried this with house of ed tech. 
it's growing. So I appreciate the people who listen to the podcast and come over there for some conversation and questions. So come out to podcastpd.com slash discord, D-I-S-C-O-R-D. And uh, I've got some channels set up there already. I'll throw this back up on the stream. I'll run with this one. Um, so if you have episode suggestions, you want to follow up, you have you want to talk about the podcast you're listening to, we want to create that place for you. So again, if you go out to podcastpd.com slash discord, you can join up and we can uh, continue the conversations we have in these episodes over there. And uh, we'll give it some time. If nobody joins, obviously I'll shut it down, Gordon Ramsay style, uh, but give it a shot. You know, a wise man once said that uh, using new technology isn't difficult. Just give it a try. That was me. So give it a shot. (laughs) AJ, anything else before we say goodbye? Nothing else. Uh, Hang in there as October begins. Stay positive. Make those changes. Change the world. And uh, that's all I got. There you go. We will see you next time on Podcast PD. Uh, That, I mean, yeah, that's really it. (laughs) We're we're stumbling to the finish line. We'll see you on the next episode. It should be a couple weeks. Progress is progress, no matter how slow. (laughs) Stephanie, thank you for checking us out live. And uh, I don't know who else is here watching us, but hey, thank you so much. And we will see you next time. Take care, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Podcast PD. For links to everything that we discussed in this episode, you can visit the show notes at our website, podcastpd.com. To connect with the show on social media, we are at podcastpd on Instagram and Twitter, and we share using the hashtag podcastpd. To connect with AJ and myself, we are on Twitter at Mr. Nessie and at AJ Bianco. We would love to hear from you, so please go to podcastpd.com slash feedback and send us an email, send us a voice message, whatever you need to do. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you share it with somebody that you think would get value from it. Word of mouth is the best way to share a podcast you enjoy, and we hope you enjoy Podcast PD. We appreciate you listening, we appreciate your sharing, and we love creating this podcast for you. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care.